I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank Agent Henry, Glory Hole Seeker, for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Bo Cephas, here we go back at the Sports Patio this week. Of course, last week. We did our live recording at the Chop Shop Live in Roanoke, and thank you to them for that. And I just got to say, buddy, it was really, really nice to meet a few new listeners and even meet some current seekers who came out to see us. Oddly enough, shocking to nobody, our followers are just as drunk in good times as we are. Who would have guessed that? (laughs) I ended up drinking the night away with one of our fans named Jason, and we may or may have not talked to several ladies during our shot-fueled Friday night, and um, (laughs) this is what I'll have to say about that. This is what I have to say about that. Longhorn is used to having the pick of the litter when it comes to the ladies. Bocephus, you know this. This is not breaking news. So to our new friend and loyal listener, Jason, with all your muscles and your good looks and all that going on, the only thing I have to say, the only thing I have to say to you, buddy, is sharing is caring, my friend. Sharing is caring. Save some trim for the rest of us, sir. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your asshole. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. My apologies, Mr. President. I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. You should see him feast. He's like a mantis. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! Woo! Love that money. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. 
We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cold beer here. Choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Sir, tonight I am drinking a Green Ghost by Springfield Brewing Company in Springfield, Missouri. Or Missouri, as mm, I believe okay. they pronounce it there. Sure. That's a solid beer. Three out of five stars. And it's fitting because this is officially our Halloween podcast. And tonight Ooh. I'm going to share a short history of Halloween for everyone. First of all, everyone knows that Halloween, uh, sorry, Halloween was invented mm-hmm. by the Germans in 1973. Of course. That's the official date anyway. But a few years before that, it did originate as an ancient Celtic tradition called Samhain. And that is where Larry Bird and Paul Pierce would get together and they would light a big bonfire with the rest of the Celtics mm-hmm. and they'd dress up in costumes to scare mm-hmm. the Lakers out of another finals championship. Mm-mm. Well, eventually, the Christians came along, and as they always are tend to do, they commandeered this holiday, they took all the fun out of it, and they made people go to church, and they told kids the candy had razor blades in it and was poisoned and all this other ridiculous shit to try and discourage kids from enjoying, <laughs> you know, just being kids. Quick side note yeah. on that, by the way, and this is actually true, there have actually only ever been three cases of poisoning Halloween candy in the United States recorded on Halloween night where kids actually died mm. in all three cases. But mm. it was actually proven that all three cases, the po- the candy was poisoned by the kids' own parents. So, clever, of but course. not that clever, Dad. I know you fucking <laughs> did it. But anyway, right. eventually all those kiddos that didn't get murdered by their own parents, you know, we all grew up and decided, hey... Fuck letting the kids have all the fun. Let's get drunk and fuck each other. And so now, the Saturday before Halloween is the day the most sex is had of any day of the year. Which what? makes a lot of sense, Longhorn, because even if you take Frumpy Ann from the office, and, and which, you know, she's a smooth five every day, all day. Sure. But if you stuff her in a slutty nurse costume mm. and then add a 12-pack to the occasion... Well, my friends, I I am the math guy, and that actually comes out to penis plus vagina squared mm-hmm. or penis plus vagina divided by butthole. Either way, mm-hmm. I love this holiday, and happy Halloween, everybody. Man, that is, I feel like none of that was true, but it sure, I mean, it sounds, <laughs> certainly sounds good, And I, but I tell you, the part that I hope is true is, the, uh, is all the sex that's coming up on... Um, what day does Halloween fall on this year, by the way? Is it Saturday? Uh, Sunday, which means Saturday night is the night for oh. making that love, baby. Frumpy Ann, you you're going to fucking get it. How many babies are about to be made here in two or three days? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, if everybody, if, if the second equation holds true, the vagina divided by butthole, hopefully not very many. But anyway, we're going to move on. We're going to do the podcast. We're going over the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me? We're going to go over every game in the air tonight in the NFL. And of course, of fucking course, we're going to get you paid with those free picks as we always do. But right now, baby, we got to get paid. And to do that, 
Here is this week's brand new sponsor. Are you tired of dating apps that advertise finding your true love or your soulmate or some other bullshit that the fucking Lifetime channel makes a shitty ass Saturday afternoon movie about? Well, then you need to download Put It Dinner. Put It Dinner is the revolutionary new dating app that really isn't a dating app at all. It's simply a service for banging average to below average looking chicks and finding your new rock bottom one late night fuckscapade at a time. Who needs love when you can plow your way through every single five within a 50 mile radius? And sure, if your friends ever see one of these mongoloids you brought home to bump fuzzies with, you'll be shamed unmercifully, but fuck them! Just get them to download Put It In or Two and you and your boys can start an ugliest bang of the week contest where the winner is also the biggest fucking loser! So, if you're ready to get out there and pound that poonanny pavement, hit the poon swoon, plug the three-eyed turtle, goddammit, if you want to go ball-sacking up Beaver Mountain every night, then you need to download Put It In or right now! Put it in her. It beats jerking off. Sometimes. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, that put it in her dating app. Uh, that could not be any more well-timed that we got that sponsorship, as we just talked about. The most right. sex-having day coming up this Saturday in the country. So uh, I think that you know, you'll know you be hitting that up for sure, and uh, we might be looking forward to a regaling story on next week's podcast on how you're Halloween Saturday <laughs> night win. That's what I. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. No, 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 no. See, I got a way to get around that because, as we know, Halloween is kind of associated with um, like evil and the devil. So I think with this, with all this news coming out of all the sex and all the babies that are going to be made on Halloween, I think Old Longhorn's going to go straight for the devil hole on that night and stay away from the whole. <laughs> Just avoid the whole baby making whole all together. I mean, after all, the good Lord did did give these women three holes. Two out of three ain't bad, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? All right, Longhorn, as always, we're going to start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby, in the Super Contest, three and two, starting off the third, third week contest, very strong, and we are hoping to win some money in this three-week period, baby. Yeah, by my calculations, two five and O's will put us right there at the top, so, I mean, the way I see it, both of us, let's just go five and O every week from here on out and um i mean why not why not just do that that's way easier than putting for sure (laughs) all right moving on to the bad the bad was uh pretty much everything else after the huge week we had two weeks ago we did have the regression week uh gave it gave some of our units back not all of them it tends to happen over the course of a season it's the ebb and flow of everything but still net positive over the last two weeks but yeah last week was a it was a tough one it was a tough one it it tends to be happening a lot more this this year. Usually it's not so much of a fucking roller coaster, huge week, you know, give some back. Like usually it's, you know, a couple of, you know, tread water weekends and then bam, you hit a big one. And then a couple tread waters, bam, you hit another big one. But this this year has been an absolute fucking roller coaster and I don't like it. 
Yeah, I really think, uh, just on a serious note, I really think it's just because of, you know, you use prior data from the last year and everything was so fucking different than that COVID year. So I just think you're seeing the fucking peaks and valleys hit so much harder because yeah. there just was not that much consistent data from last year carrying over. But uh, as long as we're net positive, we'll fucking keep moving on. And we are keeping moving on. And we're going to move on to the Are You Fucking Kidding Me? And this week, How are you gonna pick? Uh, once again, there was way more to pick from than I ever <laughs> want. Uh, from getting fucked in Green Bay to the Houston Texans being unconscious on offense in an actual NFL game for the second time this goddamn year. But you know what? What we'll <laughs> go with is the University of Houston instead. Uh, we had the Cougs, minus 13 and a half. They led 24 nothing at the half and then decided not to score another goddamn point until it was overtime, and it was tied 24-24, and then on the first possession, they scored a touchdown like it was nothing, and then shut the other team down from scoring like it was nothing. You know, the same way they did the whole first fucking half! right now what's happening over here excuse me what is happening here what is happening what the fuck just happened oh you know what's happening it's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight baby Longhorn, it is time for what everybody tunes in for. It's time to go over every game in the NFL tonight, and we are going to start up in Buffalo where those Buffalo Bills are now 14-point home favorites over the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, um, this is one of my shorter write-ups. I'm, I'm just not getting in front of this freight train of Buffalo. Uh, it's They're you know, at the beginning of the season, we kind of faded Josh Allen. We were expecting a little bit of regression. We wanted him to prove to us that he could do what he was doing last year. It's been up and down, but for the most part, it looks like he's going to kind of round out into that, um, you know, upper echelon of quarterbacks that, you know, like just like Dak. You know, Dak kind of had that point in his career where it was like prove it, you know, point. And I think Josh is kind of getting to that point where he's, okay, he's, he's kind of proven it. You can pretty much expect this going forward, especially when you got a good roster around him, which he clearly does. Um, you know, since McDermott has has been the head coach of Buffalo, they are beating Miami in these games by an average of 20 points per game, including the game earlier in the year. If you remember, we stupidly had Miami, and I hit the sound, I hit the sounder on that game, <laughs> worst call of the year, and I think they lost by like 400 points, maybe it's 40, I don't remember. Uh, Miami has a below-average quarterback, terrible defense, one of the worst-graded offensive lines on PFF that I have ever seen. 
What would you say you do here, Miami? I'm really not sure. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm really at the point now where I'm, you know, look, man, Flores, we like him, but and, and one season is not going to ruin what, what he's built up over the last couple of years, so don't get me wrong. But I'm starting to look at him a little sideways going forward. Uh, and then on top of that, you got the distraction with this this whole Watson thing still hanging over them. They, the talks are heating up with this trade stuff going on with with the trade deadline coming up. Just everything points to Buffalo. We're not in the business of laying that kind of number, so it's a stay away game. But yeah, I've got no interest in getting in front of this freight train of Buffalo. Yeah, a little correction there. I don't like Flores. I still love Flores. Like I don't care. Like, I, I know the record is what it is or whatever, but I until I hear from somebody that knows, which I have never seen anybody put out, that he picked Tua. That he wanted Tua, he picked Tua. Now, if that comes out that he that was his dude and he sat on the table for him, then I can't back the dude anymore because we hated uh, Tua Okay, out. Hold, hold on. Have you seen fight from this team? There, I mean, I get what you're saying. He didn't pick two. I mean, that's well, a, we, there's a roster last issue. Week. They covered last week for us. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> they did last week. They but fought in that been, game. They were down. They're, yeah, they're just they're, – I mean, you know what? Like I said, I, we, I still like them. I'm starting to look sideways a little bit. I want to see some effort and some fight, even with all this adversity going on. So it's just something to look forward look, – look to going forward. Well, what I will say about Buffalo is – uh, from a numbers perspective, they are, uh, to quote the great late Denny Green, God rest his soul, they are who we thought they were. He's dead? Because, uh, yeah, they we we both had them in the Super Bowl in the preseason podcast. We both had them in the Super Bowl. And, in fact, my exact handicap on them was I do expect a regression from Josh Allen. Guess what? Last year he was number two. EPA plus CPOE, he was almost the MVP. This year... Number seven. But I also said I expect their defense to get better because their coach McDermott, another coach that I love, is going to get them better than what they were. They were about average, a little bit below average. Yeah, they're the number one DVOA defense. And what I said was the progression from the defense will net zero his regression from an MVP season to probably about what he's going to be, which he's number seven right now. So he's still a top ten quarterback. Still really good. Still, you know, wouldn't say elite, but really good. And But their defense has become the number one defense. So, net zero, they're going to be great. And they're going to be right there. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. We expect them to be right there again this year. We both picked them to be in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they are who we fucking thought they were. Absolutely. And, and, just, real qu- and just real quick before you move on, uh, to, to get even more in-depth, the reason we said they would, they would have this – probably tick up on defense is because of the draft picks that they made and some of the players they got along that defensive line to rush the passer. It was supposed to be to take out their nemesis, Kansas City. Uh, well, they did that easily, so now it's like they're moving on to some, to whatever else is in their way. But PFF, their pass rush grade right now, they are 11th in the league at pass rush. Um, so, it, it, I mean, they were one of the worst last year. Drafted a couple of players in the top rounds uh, and then previously drafted some players in the top rounds who were starting to pay off. So, yeah, it's, they like we said, they fixed their mistakes. They recognize it. And, man, they're rolling. They are fucking rolling. They are. And we're rolling on to Hotlanta. Those Falcons faded them last week. Won us some money. They're minus three. 
versus the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> almost, <laughs> this happens like once a year. I almost had a heart attack thinking I missed a fucking game that, that I can't find on my on my. Actually, holy shit! Hold on, I'm here fucking too too soon. Yep, son of a bitch. This happens once a year. Both teams. I don't have a write up on this. Um, I know that the computers love Carolina in this one. Uh, why don't you go first, and I will go through the PFF green line here and try to throw something together real quick. My apologies. Don't you fret, my pet, because I have got <laughs> you, some shit on this game. Deducted right, from my paycheck. We get paid again. You keep mentioning paychecks. <laughs> I have not seen one yet. This is such horse shit. I have got to All talk right. to fucking Joan and payroll. God exactly. damn it. Anyway, go ahead. Atlanta has not covered against Tampa Bay, Washington, Philadelphia, or Miami. Tampa Bay is fourth in rushing DVOA defense. Washington eighth, Miami eighteenth, Philly's twenty ninth. That's the only outlier. But in that game, Hertz had his best game of the season, throwing for three touchdowns over two hundred fifty yards against Atlanta's thirtieth ranked passing DVOA defense. Which Tua last week had his best game of the season, throwing for four touchdowns you're below average quarterback you just mentioned and almost 300 yards if he didn't throw two picks miami wins but even with that they still covered that's how bad atlanta is as a football team sam Darnold, who <laughs> was benched against the giants had his very best game against the jets who are 29th in passing dvoe defense again atlanta is 30th and if you look at the adjusted line yards tampa bay is fifth washington seventh both teams Atlanta did not cover against. The Jets and New Orleans, both teams Sam Darnold did cover against their 30th and 18th respectively. And adjusted sack rate, Atlanta is 28th. Translation, Darnold will have time to throw. Atlanta's also 15th in adjusted line yards on defense, which means Carolina will be able to run the ball at an average clip, which is all they need to do. The Jets are 16th at that, and they ran for over 100 yards on them. Carolina will be able to score the ball any way they choose to in this game and if Darnold who is starting does not turn this ball over this is a win for Carolina mm -hmm. now last note on this game Atlanta since 2015 is 16 and 25 ATS is a home favorite that's 39 percent when you put Matt Ryan at home as a favorite he cannot handle the most modest of fucking expectations Carolina covers Carolina wins yeah, just everything that I was just scanning through the PFF green line just backs up. I mean, just, I'm glad I'm glad we only had one person do this because we were said the exact same thing. Atlanta's number two in pass rush grades PFF, which goes right along with what I would have wrote this handicap up if I'd have actually done my homework correctly. Um, that Darnold's going to have time; he should be able to pick apart this poor Atlanta. Everything you just said. So, yeah, thanks for filling in for me, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> No fucking worries. All right, moving on to your Detroit Lions and the kneecappers. They're hosting those goddamn dirty Philadelphia Eagles and are now up to three and a half point home dogs. Yeah, and um, Bo Cephas, here it is. I'm not going to waste any time, so hit that sounder. This right here, this Sunday, this is where Detroit gets their first win of the season this is a situational play it is a coaching coaching matchup play which i rarely do but sometimes that, that's a factor these two first year coaches are going in completely opposite directions to me um you know 
we had fun with these guys in the preseason with their some of their news conferences, and we've always had heated debates on how much that matters. I lean more to that it doesn't. You lean more to that it does. Doesn't matter what and I've seen on the field. Right? And who and who? Yeah, been well, but what right I've seen on the on field, those. which is what which is what I weigh <laughs> more, is yeah, that but, the kneecap historically, who's been right? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. Okay. But, uh, again. But you, this you is can bad track on bad. Rate. This is bad on you bad. Can. So I'm supporting you. This is, I'm supporting. You. This is bad on bad. Yeah, and and you can keep your track record of uh, preseason podium, new coach. You know, does it work out or not? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna stick to what I see on the field, and what I've seen is the kneecappers actually fight week in week out. And I I don't know about you, but the more I watch Philly, and the more I watch that dumbass Siriano, that dude is in over his head. He has no clue what he's doing. Um, and, and on the opposite side, um, Campbell, I mean, that dude, it seems like he's just pulling the right strings, even though they're not getting any wins, but it feels like, okay, that's a good, that was a good move. That was a good call. That was a good, that was a good decision there. Like all the right decisions and, and string pulling is being made by Campbell and, and Detroit. And I'm just scratching my head when I watch Philly all the time. And, and so it's a big, big coaching mismatch here to me leaning towards to uh, Detroit Detroit has the hogs in the trenches on both the offensive and defensive line to match up with Philly who shockingly is dealing with injuries again so uh, yeah just max motivation from equally matched rosters but not equal coaches Detroit gets the win here take the three and a half I don't think you need them but uh, I mean do you agree like you, do you not see Detroit winning this game or at least having a really really good shot to cover and win I think they've got a good shot to cover. Uh, the numbers are split on this one. And God knows I hope that you are right because we have under tickets on both of these. I feel solid about our Detroit under yeah. at this point. Yeah, we, we need it. We definitely need them to take a win from Philadelphia. So I hope to God that you are right. Here's my only concern with your sounder call. And okay. and it's a little bit of devil's act because, again, I, I agree with you and I hope that – like, again, I hope that you are right. They pulled every stop last week. And against far better competition than Philadelphia, no doubt about it. But they pulled every stop, and they still couldn't win a game. So, I don't know, man. I mean, if golf just plays a decent game, I think that they do. I mean, Hertz is so bad. He's so bad that they should be able to be competitive in this game. And... Yeah, they've fought and semi-been competitive, but not really been competitive in most of these games. In most of them. But mm-hmm. they've kept it kind of close. But again, Goff has been so bad. He's 28th. Hertz is 23rd. Hertz is better than him in EPA plus CPOE, which is the sharpest analytic you can judge quarterbacks on. As bad as Hertz in, he's been better than Goff. Goff has been a fucking disaster in Detroit. <laughs> a fucking absolute goddamn disaster. And again, I hope you're right. And, and they're, they're not going to go 0-17. They're going to win a game. If they're going to win a game, I think this is a great shot to do it. This would be a fucking balls on the table play if you're in a fucking Survivor League. If you wanted to put this oh, shit in at this that. point, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> that. <laughs> but I sure the hell hope you're right. Yeah. Alright. Alright, moving on. We're going to go to Indianapolis where those Colts are hosting the Tennessee Titans. And Longhorn uh, 
We locked Tennessee up at plus one and a half on some online contests, and they're now minus two and a half at home versus the uh, yeah, Tennessee and Titans. Also... And I, uh, yeah, we've already sent this pick out too, so yeah, the steam is moving yeah, this heavy, a... heavy. This was a send out early to the clients. Uh, by the way, if you haven't signed up, now's a good time. You get these early, early picks out this time of year. The algorithms and computers are really locked in, so we get to send out the picks earlier than ever, and it's really worked out over the last month or so. We are catching ahead. We're right. Ahead. We're ahead of the, all the steam on almost all these games. So um, yeah, if you're a listener and you wanna you wanna sign up, now's a good time to dip your toes in. Now with this game, Tennessee. Look, Tennessee's rolling right now. Let's not let's not ignore it that um, that they are on a, a roll here. They've got Julio and AJ Brown back and healthy, uh, and and over the last three or four weeks, they've opened up this this play action pass game, which Tannehill did a lot of last year. Actually, he made his entire living on last year, and with a new coordinator this year, for whatever reason, it took him a little while to get um, into that groove of using the play action. Maybe it was because he was missing his. Um, receiver so much this year with injury and it's just now coming back and get and getting fully healthy but on the flip side Wentz has kind of turned it around lately too uh you know he had those early season injuries with the foot and the ankles and whatever the fuck was going on with him and it wasn't just him it was the, it was the you know much of the offensive line was injured he's had wide receiver injuries the entire year too so they're both these teams are kind of coming together health-wise and kind of finding their groove offensively at least um for the most part they're both they're both among the top five in play and highest play action pass teams in the league, um, but I don't trust what we saw last week with Tennessee in defense uh, with what they did to Kansas City last week. That was an aberration, and I don't trust aberrations. I trust what I see in the long term, and and in the long term, this defense has been easily picked apart by competent offenses, and Indy has become a competent offense. In the, in the last few weeks with the resurgence of Wentz healthy, Taylor's coming on, and that play-action pass game working. Um, Tennessee is coming off back-to-back huge wins against Buffalo and Kansas City. So it's needless to say, if you're buying on Tennessee right now, you are absolutely buying them at their highest market value. That is not what we do. That's why we're on Indy. So I already know the computers agree with me, but what do you got? Yeah, so in all fairness, I'm about to go over my right up but this was made at indy minus one so if the numbers seem a little off to you just bear with me now no two teams have increased their power ratings more than these two teams over the last few weeks to speak to your point but we have had tennessee a half point better than indy to start the year they were minus four at home versus indy in the first game which means we're getting a point and a half value on indy Again, we took Indy minus one, so that's shrank. Actually, we took a plus one, so it shrank a little bit. We had two and a half points there. Um, we took Indy in the first game, and quite honestly, Indy should have won that game. Uh, Wentz played his worst game of the season, and they still had a chance to win that game at the end. Now, flash forward, Indy is a half point better now than Tennessee in our power rankings, which means we're getting another point of value on Indy, right? But... Tennessee did not cover against Arizona or the Jets, who are both top 10 in stuffed rank on defensive line. Now, Indy's 17th in that. However, Indy is 6th in second-level yards allowed. So, although Henry did get 113 yards in their first meeting, he had to work for it heavily. He only averaged 4 yards per carry because their linebacking core is so good. That's his second-lowest yards per carry of the season. 
His lowest actually was last week versus the Chiefs, but that was simply because the Titans showed that they were going to run the ball the whole second half and did not try to do anything else. In fact, they didn't score a point in the second half, if, and nobody realized that, because yeah. Mahomes is gone. They took all the dynamics out of their offense. They really didn't try. They were just going to stand up and run the ball. They knew it was coming. So that's the only reason why he had a lower yards per carry than the first game he did against Indy. The bottom line is Indy matches up well. This is a home game. They need to win to stay in this race. They have a competent coach. And Tanny has been been a little bit above average for uh, the Titans in CPA plus EPA. CPOA plus EPA. Wentz has been a little bit below average. But... If Wentz doesn't turn the ball over twice inside of his inside the five yard line, like he did last game, they would have won that game. If he doesn't do this game, they're gonna win this game. So I think Indy, our power rankings has them the better team. Period. I think they go win the game. All right. All right. Moving on. We're gonna go to. As I scroll down my screen, we're gonna go to Houston. Those goddamn Texans. And they're catching 14 and a half points at home <laughs> versus the Rams. Yeah, this is, God, this is, they suck. They do suck, but this this is a quick rider for me. I'm assuming Tyrod Taylor is back. I haven't have have you heard anything different? I am checking now. Okay, well, I haven't heard anything different, so you check with that. Um, this is just a strictly numbers play. I talk all the time. It's either numbers, motivation, situational or matchup for me and this is a straight number play for me it's almost a force play for me if tyrod taylor is in um there's really there's really just no reason for la to push for margin here and that's a huge margin over two touchdowns the back door will be open all day long and taylor has shown the ability to take advantage of that um you know i really i will say this i don't like the fact that ingram was traded this week to new orleans the running back uh, not because it matters that much on the field, because it really doesn't. They have David Johnson and they have uh, Philip Lindsay. You know, like at this point, Ingram is—he's he's kind of just one of those guys in that in that mix. So on the field, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. But the message it sends to the locker room about you know, kind of not fighting and giving up—it is the right football move for Houston as a franchise. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but as you as you saw, Brandon Cooks came out and said that was this is bullshit so that stuff like that does have an effect on a locker room especially on a team that's not good and you need to have max motivation to get these backdoor huge covers against teams that are way way better than them so that does bother me a little bit but on a, this would be a forced play to houston at that huge number for me with tyrod in only yeah so the numbers do agree with you However, uh, it does not look like Tyrod. He's he's been designated to return. He, re- he returned to practice Wednesday. It, it doesn't really look like that he's going to play. Um, so, no. well, the coach is saying he's going to have tuned, to demonstrate that he's fully back from that. Yeah, this might be a late ad for us once the news comes in. I mean, this Wait, number so, fourteen so and a half is put the put the numbers to it. What is like? Are they saying? Are they trying to split the baby here? Like, are they? You think they're in the middle on this? No, this number is saying Mills is playing for sure. So what would it go? So you're okay. So what's it going to go to if if 
Tyrod gets announced. Ten and a half. I mean, due to the fact due to the fact this is his first week back coming back from injury, you're not going to get the full upgrade, which that would be about four points. So okay. ten, probably mm-hmm. I think ten's fair. So if he gets announced ten. in, I think immediately it moves to under the fourteen. Obviously, you know, probably around twelve. Maybe gets a ten. I think I think you're still ca- if if you can catch over ten with Tyrod in this game, yeah, I'm, I'm in. in. Uh, I'm in. I'm in for that. But the numbers saying that that Mills is going to play. Great. That's good. That's good TV. <laughs> fantastic TV. Uh, all right, moving on to some more fantastic TV. The New York J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Oh, they're hosting. The Cincinnati Bengals, your Cincinnati Bengals, and they're uh, they're ten and a half point home dogs. I've never had them be my Cincinnati Bengals, but I will certainly take that this year. That's for damn sure. Um, is this really where? Did you say ten and a half points? Ten and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I don't know what decade we're living in. Is this really where we're at now with Cincinnati? Huge. Huge road favorites on the third leg of a three-game road trip, coming off the biggest win in recent franchise history. <laughs> I mean, I don't necessarily remember the Boomer Sison days, but see, I don't know if you do, but there's a little bit before my time of, of really, you know, studying football. But it's the biggest win I I could remember for the Bengals. Um, I just I don't think that that's that that's legit. I think this is overreaction. Uh, I think the movement from Wilson to White is too dramatic. Um, so for all those reasons, I'm going to lean to the huge dog here at home, that huge number. It, it's New York Jets or pass for me. I can certainly understand the hesitation. I can certainly understand the willing to not want to play the Jets here. But you know what? You win gross in the NFL. That's what the pros do. It's definitely a pros versus Joe's game, and I would be on the Jets. Yeah, the numbers are with you. Um and speaking of the Boomer Sison days, so I can remember, I think I was like, you know, three, and on my Etch-A-Sketch, I, I mapped out to my dad that he should have bet uh, the 49ers in that Super Bowl. He Man. couldn't understand what I was putting out there at that point, So, which my Etch-A-Sketch game was a little fucking sketchy. Uh, so, I do understand that, I, but yeah, look, man, it's, you got I was, Mike White. I was drawing vaginas on my Etch-A-Sketch, so I mean... I- I don't know what I think you, you were, were just doing. making straight lines, and that's just kind of, you know. No, it was a vagina, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a vagina. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it's Mike White. I don't know. I saw him here with the uh, Cowboys. Yeah. He yeah. Did we? I don't he's know. Not, he's not good. I mean, obviously, Zach Wilson is um, has been as a rookie. And in fairness, rookie, right? Uh, he's been terrible. He's actually the worst. Yeah. He's number 33. There's only 32 teams. Mm. So he's worse than mm. the worst at EPA plus CPA. He's been the worst. He's been the worst quarterback in the NFL, um, which is not surprising to you or I. Neither one of us liked him coming out. We hated this. We, we liked him in the right situation. San Francisco, we would have loved him. Uh, the Jets, we hated it. So it's not a huge shock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's got to be a strictly numbers play, like you said. If it, you're gonna have to hold your nose, take the ten and a half. Don't Honestly, even, wa- yeah, don't even one, watch it. Well, here's what I would say on this one: there's not gonna be any money. There's not gonna be any 
money coming in on the Jets. If you want to play the Jets, just wait. Just wait. <clears throat> just wait till Sunday. This is gonna tick. This is gonna keep going up. It's gonna keep going up. It's it's not gonna go down. There's no there's no action coming in on the Jets at all. So just hold your water. If you want to play the Jets? Get the highest number you possibly fucking can. Uh, I I think it probably it might get to twelve. Hell, who knows? But ugh, that's just well, an ugly fucking I, game. But you know yeah, what? The, num- the numbers do agree. The numbers do agree. Just real quick, you say that eighty five percent of the tickets are are coming in on the. Bengals, which is no shock. The public's going to come in on the huge favorite here. But the cash, it's 53% to two cents-y. So they are still the, you know, they're, they're getting the majority. But that's pretty close to 50-50. So actually, this is pretty close to that, you know, sharps are on one side and, you know, Joe Public's on the other. So that yeah, tells me. Cincinnati was Cincinnati was nine and a half earlier. So... Don't you think all the sharp money was down before the ten, and now, you know, all it's just going to be all public money coming in on Cincy and Joe Burrow, who is, by the way, Cincinnati is the number one seed right now in the AFC. By the way, uh, and Joe Burrow is shooting up the ranks of the uh, MVP favorite. He's not the favorite, but he's like third or fourth now on the list. So, I mean, I think all the sharp money came down before the ten. Probably where you get your 53. At this point, it's going to be all Joe Public fucking betting no Joe Burrow. And, I, man, I just think you hold your water. Just That's what I think. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one. All right, moving on. Maybe they're not your Cincinnati Bengals, but this certainly is your Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and they are minus no, three and a half go. versus those Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, this is, uh, man, tough. This is a tough game here. Um, I, both teams are kind of getting healthy in some areas, and both are still banged up in other areas. Um, you've got Chubb coming back this week for Cleveland, and Pittsburgh still missing a couple of key defensive linemen, uh, Stephon Tewitt being the main cog in the middle of that defensive line that's that's key to stopping the run. Um, so I do expect Cleveland to kind of – I think their game plan is going to be obviously to try to pound the rock, get back in that running game with the lack of explosive weapons that they have outside dealing with the injuries. I think Landry, if he plays, plays is still severely hurt. Peoples Jones is out. And we all know that OBJ is a fucking, you know, just, I don't even, I don't even accept, I don't even think about him anymore when I do a handicap. He's, he's just, he's just a, a non-factor to me, but he will have Cleveland will have both tackles back this week. So that will certainly help the offensive line. Um, now Pittsburgh, they, because Cleveland is missing those weapons on the outside, they should be able to drop down some support from the secondary to help out with that running game um, because of the lack of threat from the outside. Um, and, and of course, on the other side, we all know that Pittsburgh has had struggles on offense all year. We, you know, we've we've chronicled the the big men just just laughable performances this year. Um, so, and also on top of that, Cleveland is getting a couple of defensive players back on defense this week they, that they've been missing for a couple of weeks. So I expect Pittsburgh to score, uh, to struggle scoring as well. And bottom line is I don't particularly like a side here. I do love the under, and I know it's low. It's, it's low for a reason, though. I don't think either one of these teams has any explosion on offense. It's going to be a handoff all day type game on both sides. 
short passing game type game. Clock's going to continue to run all day. So my lean is to the under. Um, what do the computers say on the side? Because honestly, I'm, I'm torn on that one. Yeah, so are they. Uh, it's a split game on here. So Baker says he's going to play. And yeah. that's what the number says too. At minus three, Heather, he, they would not be favorites right. uh, at that big a number without him in there. Uh, but honestly, at this point, I don't think there's much difference between a compromised Baker and a Case Keenum fully healthy. So I think right. the numbers are fair either way. You want to look at that. I don't think you really need an adjustment at this point. The way Baker's been playing over the last month or so. However. Uh, one of our buys, before buys and after buy trends, it's on Pittsburgh. So as an away dog since 2015, those teams have covered 58.9% of the time. That is what Pittsburgh is after the buy. And I did forget to mention on your Detroit, uh, you call it the Sounder. So before mm-hmm. the buy, they are in the home dog category. That's 62% covering since 2015. Okay. So... Right, good number good. on that for the cover, especially with three and a hook. Yep. So I think Detroit's definitely a good bet there with the number. But numbers are split. Trends on trends on Pittsburgh. Uh, th- there's just too much. There's too much variance in this game for me as far as what Baker can do, what Baker will do. You know. And I, I like your underlean. I think if either team can get to 27, that's victory. I think that's absolute victory. Oh, yeah. So, oh my God, yes. So there's that, no way either one of these teams gets 27. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, if if they do, I, th- I think that's absolute victory. So, uh, yeah, the, man, yeah. the under is 42 and a half. It's it's all the way down from 45. So I think you missed the best part of that number, for sure. Yeah, you did. But, you did. But it's it's 50. I just looked it up. 50 percent chance rain of rain on Sunday. High of mid 50. So. It's going to be one of those just ugly, you know, slightly windy, cold, disgusting, rainy. I mean, yeah, just it's it's under nothing for me. All right, moving on. Those Chicago Bears, man, they suck. They're four-point home dogs, those San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, let's make this one quick. Uh, hello, Corner TV game. <laughs> Sorry to our buddy Dom Dom to put the, the Niners in the corner like that but they deserve it chicago certainly fucking deserves it um i will say this before moving on the only time i like betting on chicago this year is when everybody in the world hates them and doesn't want to watch them that's kind of to me when not just them but for anybody that's when you get the best value so on a force lean give me those points um uh, you know, because simply because everybody is completely out, and for good reason, the quarterback, the quarterback is co- quarterback, the quarterback is completely <laughs> in over his head. He looks lost at this point. To me, and this is just my opinion, I think they're doing more damage to him than they are good by continuing to throw him out there. Um, but yeah, I won't watch this game on a force lean. I take Chicago just because the value is at a. Just seemingly week after week, all-time low. But what do you got? Yeah, I don't have much on this one. Uh, The power rankings lean with you. uh, About a point value to Chicago on this one. But the numbers are split. I mean, you've got the second-worst quarterback in all of football. 
in Justin Fields. He's 32, EPA plus CPOE. And, you know, you got Jimmy G, who's down at number 22. So that's about as – that actually, that's – I think his career before this year was like nine. Mm. So he is playing as bad as he's ever played in his entire life. He is trending all the way down. I think his coffin is a shot. His coach hates his fucking guts, obviously. <laughs> and to go on the road in a place like Chicago, which is not a not an easy place to play, no matter how bad the Bears are, those fucking people show up drunk and full of fucking, you know, sauerkraut and fucking hot dogs. They don't fucking <laughs> brats there. They don't give a fuck. They're mm-hmm. there to root for their fucking Bears and have their fucking 13th heart attack. They don't give a shit. They're yep. going to be loud. There's not going to be any San Francisco fans really travel for this game. That fan base is really down on their team. They're actually really down on their coach for the first time in a long time. So that it's two team it's two teams trending badly at the same time. So yeah, I'll take the points at home. It's the fucking NFL. Of course I would. Of course, if I had to, yeah. I, of course I would. All right, moving on. We are going to go to Seattle, where those Seahawks are three-point home favorites over my Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, you know this this is this was kind of a pretty easy one to me too. Um, I'll get to Jacksonville in a minute, but Geno Smith is he? <laughs> you talk about a tough start to your thrusting into the season. This this dude has had to come in. And finish a game against the L.A. Rams defense, play the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and then play the New Orleans Saints defense. So that's a tough three-game um, stretch. Those are some of the better defenses in the league. He will certainly, without a doubt, have much more time against his Jacksonville defense than he has had the rest of the season. Um, this And on the flip side, this is going to be the most hostile environment that young Trevor will have to play in. Uh, so far this season, I actually think that coming off the bye in this situation for Jacksonville works against them. They got their big first win last week, first win of the new of the new quarterback, first win of the new coach, and you know it's not like I have any inside information, but human nature is to for a young team party it up. We already know fucking uh, Urban Meyer likes to go party it up and and get lap dances with <laughs> with uh, his with his granddaughter's friends or whatever, whatever that was. So there's no telling Only what this team has been doing Jesus the last two weeks. Tells him to do it though. Yes, it's Jesus or it's um, health conditions. Whatever it is, I doubt he's spent much time on football the last two <laughs> weeks. So I actually I actually think it works against them here. There's I just I just don't see. Jacksonville even hitting 20 points in this game, and I think Seattle's got a good chance to put up 30. So it, Seattle's in desperate need of a win. You know, like they are just terrible this year, and they're just not a terrible franchise overall. They have pride. Um, so it's a good spot for me in Seattle here. Low number. I like them to cover it. I like them to kind of cover this easily, actually. So what do you got? Yeah, I agree with you. So, as far as the buy trends, it's actually a split. So, Jacksonville is the away dog. That's 58.9% after the buy on the cover. But, before the buy, Seattle is the home favorite. Is the 60% uh, cover range. So, that's basically a wash. Here's what I got on this game. Seattle was minus 7 on the look ahead on the summer line on this. However, Jacksonville was also minus 3 
week one in Houston, and we told you that week Houston was going to win their only game of the season. So we know the minus seven was not nearly enough for Seattle to begin with. That line should have been around 10. Now, if you take a seven-point downgrade from Russell Geno, that seems fair, but when you consider that only Rodgers and Watson were worth more than seven points last year, you realize seven's a little bit too rich, even for somebody as great as Russell Wilson. Plus, Seattle is heading to the bob. Like I said, 60% trend on that. Trevor Lawrence making his first trip to Seattle, like you said, as a rookie. Geno Smith should be able to play, and this is the key for me. A very low variance game here, which is exactly what he needs. That's the kind of quarterback he is. He, he has to have that low variance, right? He gets an easy victory. Seattle sleeplessly wins. See what I did there? Yeah, I love I Seattle in this fucking game. <laughs> just, 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 I hated it, but I saw it. Uh, just, just real quick. <laughs> Seattle, by the way, is zero and three at home this year. So, uh, if you think they're not fucking itching for a a win at home in front of this crowd, get the fuck out of here. Like this is their chance. They know it's their chance to get a to get one of those. You know, just just coast to an easy win. So, yeah, we're on Seattle. Yeah, they're not gonna go zero and eight. So I feel good no. about this one. All right, the L.A. Superchargers. They are now down to a four and a half point home favorite over those New England Patriots. Yeah, and I, you know I got to be honest with you on this one, both Steve. I'm going to eventually turn it over to the computers because I'm a little torn on this one um, <clears throat> as I was digging into this. So I'll, I'll get into it a little bit here and then throw it to the computers for the help. Um, the Chargers are coming off a bye and getting healthy on defense, which they uh, certainly needed. Um, and and on, and on the other side of the ball, New England just is not a very good offense. That is not breaking news to anybody. Um, but if you look at their schedule and who they've played so far this year, specifically their offense versus other teams' defense, it's just it's ugly. They've played the Jets twice, Miami and Houston. So five of their um, what is it seven? Hold on, let me see. They've they played. Yeah, they they haven't had a bye yet, right? So they've got. Uh, yeah, no, they played seven games. So that's five of their seven games. Jets twice. Miami, no, that's only four. I'm sorry. That's four of their seven. They're some of the worst defenses in the league. And on top of that, New England has had five of their seven games at home. So it's one of those weird scheduling quirks where they've only had two road games so far this season. So, uh, you know, how much does that skew the numbers um, with all those road ga- or home games versus road games? I don't know. But, um, you know, I will say this, the weakness for L.A., the way you beat the L.A. Chargers, is you run against them because they are not good against the run. That's the way Dallas ate them up. That's the way Cleveland ate them up. Um, you know, now, with that said, those teams got Dak and, and at that time, a healthy Baker. So, you know, so can can Mac and Cheese, you know, the McCookie monster, can he, can he force L.A. to respect his passing game enough to keep – Derwin James, the All Pro, out of the box all day long, and fill that and fill that that spot to to clog up that run game. We'll see. I mean, that that's kind of the way I saw it on on the way I handicap. It, it puts me on a um, you know, it puts me on a complete split here. I'm not sure. Uh, I need the help with the computers. What do they say? Yeah, the computers love New England. So here's the thing: if you look at, I. 
I've never seen a team more split on power rankings throughout the country. And I look, I look at a lot of people's power rankings because, mm-hmm. you know, I like to compare ours with everybody else. You know, sure. not that we're not better than everybody else, but I just want to make sure that, you know, we're kind of in line. I don't want to be crazy. I mean, we need to be variant, right, to win more than other people, but we don't want to be out of line. But uh, the Chargers are all over the place in some people's power rankings. But the most an- analytical power rankings, as ours are, they don't like the Chargers. And it's really as simple as that. In fact, our power rank is this team, these two teams are even. Now, with all the things you said with the scheduling thing, maybe that's a little bit of a fugazi, and that's fun. But that means that we're getting mm-hmm. five and a half points to two teams in our power ranks that are even. So, that's a huge value to New England. Now, ask yourself this. What does the Chargers do? What do the Chargers do that's so much better than New England? Oh, I know. Herbert is the next Mahomes, yeah. and the McCookie Monster is Captain Checkdown. Except that Matt Jones is 15th in CPO, CPA plus EPA, and Herbert's 17th. And by the way, that's as high as he's ever been. That's interesting. Oh, but, but I know the Chargers' offense is elite, and the Patriots' offense sucks. Well, the Chargers' mm-hmm. offense is 11th DBOA, and the Patriots are 15th. So by definition, they're both above average, and neither one of them are elite. Uh-huh. Oh, but the Chargers have uh, had they got a Bosa, right? And they got the best safety in football. I can't name a single player on the Patriots defense. Yeah, that's cool. The Patriots have the 14th rate DVA, DVOA defense, and the Chargers have the 16th. So translation, they're even teams, just like our power rankings say they are. And yet we're getting over five points, or when we bet we got over five points, and we have Belichick. Against a second-year QB, which usually spells mm-hmm. death for the other side. In fact, Herbert has already seen Belichick mm-hmm. once last year. He lost 45 to nothing. And oh, by the way, the <laughs> yeah. second time Belichick faces a second-year, first or second-year quarterback, he's 65% ATS versus the spread. This is the easiest call on the board for me. It's Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. Oh. I love that. This is this is one of my favorite back and forths we've had all year. I love it. Uh, and as you were talking, I just looked up the PFF quarterback ratings, and sure enough, there's Herbert at number six. But you know, right behind him at eighty-two point Herbert's eighty-six point eight. Right behind him at eighty-two point five is Mac Jones. So my goodness, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, th- this is why we do it the way we do it. We come at it from two different ways, and we collaborate. And that was that was brilliant. That, that was award-winning, sir. Congratulations to you and mostly me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, we're going to move on to the Denver Broncos, the fading oh. Denver Broncos. But somehow, they're minus three and a half. Not somehow. They're minus three and a half versus a fucking <laughs> shitty football team that comes from Washington, apparently. Mm-hmm. They do come from Washington, and they are shitty, and I call them the Redskins, but I don't even know if they deserve that name anymore, honestly, because the Redskins have won Super Bowls in the past, and this Redskins team is not going to win a Super Bowl. You know, I had to force myself to do a write-up on this game. I really just wanted to make it a uh, secondary Hello Corner. Yeah, I wanted to make it a secondary Hello Corner TV game and just say, fuck it, I'm I'm not even fucking with this game. Uh, but I did see the snow might be in the forecast, 
and I just can't force myself to well, make a yeah. snow game. I, I, I can't put a snow game in the corner because like snow games are fucking awesome. Uh, so keep an eye on that on that weather forecast. Uh, but this is a complete pass for me. Both these teams are dealing with just a stupid amount of injuries. I don't think Denver has a starting linebacker on their roster that's playing. Um, and, and even Washington, they've got players that are playing that shouldn't be. They're fucking hurt. Just it's, it's just stupid. Like I, I can't grade these teams properly the way I do it. Motivational, situational, matchup. It's just I've got nothing. So what do the computers got? Yeah, they got a big bag of nothing, too. Uh, <laughs> these teams are, you know, garbage, as the French would say. So mm. I've got no interest in this game. If you would have made it, there's two games that I've already expected, the Hello Corner TV, that I haven't got. And we did we did establish last week on the podcast live that there are four corners <laughs> in a room. So you have plenty of room Certainly. Uh, on this slate. But It's the snow, yeah, man. That, there might be snow. I mean, I've been in Denver in the snow. Here's the funny thing, though. Just a little travel tip for everybody. If you go to Denver and it starts snowing, it's the warmest snow that you'll ever experience in your entire life. It's not cold. Hmm. It's actually really nice. The snow just kind of falls. It falls thick. And it's, that's an oxymoron. It's just really nice. It's oxymoron. Yeah, I mean, There's no such thing as warm snow. No, but I'm just saying, like, it's, you know, you think of snow, you think of bitter, you think cold, you think you just fuck this shit now. I mean, we sit out and smoke cigars in it on a rooftop. I mean, we were right there looking at Mile High at night. It was fucking great. It was fucking great. I think of snow bunnies. Uh, I think of those sweet snow bunny cougars out and just frolicking around. Mm. They do love to frolic in the snow. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on this (laughs) shitty game. We're going to go to New Holland, where they are now down. To a four and a half point home dog. Yeah, this is going to be mean, a we, great game. Are, I, are we not on the best side of every fucking? This is ridiculous how good we are on the side of yeah. these fucking numbers. Holy well, shit. yeah, that's that's what I said. Like, I mean, sign up so you get the early, you get the early action, you get the best of the line. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think we are going to need the good Winston here to to get this covered. I think that we're going to get it honestly against this poor. You know, Tampa Bay defense, or at least secondary, their their pass rush is still coming along and doing their doing their thing. But the New Orleans offensive line is um it, it's a legit offensive line, although they are dealing with an injury last week to I see, I wrote it down here somewhere. Oh, Andres Pete. They did lose Pete last week. I don't like I don't think he's gonna play this week. However, they did get Eric McCoy, McCoy back, their center, who's been out since week one. He got hurt in week one, and that will that should pay off dividends for them. Um, you know, in this game, um, Lattimore has a history of shutting down Evans, okay? Now, you got Gronk coming back, but you got A.B. dealing with an injury. And I, I haven't heard the latest on him. Is he going to play or, or not? Do you know? Talking about Gronk? No, uh, A.B. He, he's been – there's been word of him, like, hobbled all week and, and maybe play, maybe Yeah, no, not. Gronk has been practicing. A.B. is still a question mark. Okay. So so the way I'm assuming uh, as, at the time of this recording is that Gronk's in, Evans is in, Godwin is in, but A.B.'s out. Now, you got Lattimore, who historically locks down Evans – so it really comes down to can Godwin and Gronk make enough plays to get that margin here 
on the road. And I, I do love the fact that New Orleans is getting back one of their key defenders at stopping their run defenders. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his name. It's like it's it's one of those pardon to the uh, great the great no, uh, continent just, just of, Af- of Africa. But just one time. It's, just one time. No, it's an African name. It's a it's a oya oya moya yada so so, <laughs> you know what? Delete that. Cut that. Cut that out of the podcast. We will get canceled for sure. It's an African name, okay? I don't know how to say it, but he's one of the better run stuffers in the league. They're getting him back. Um, so, in, in my opinion, that's going to force Brady to be somewhat one uh, dimensional. In a game where he's got his obviously one of his favorite targets out in AB, one of his other favorite targets getting locked down by Lattimore. Everything feels like New Orleans are passing me. Um, now I do have that mental note that's always in my head when we bet against the goat that says, "What the fuck are you doing, you idiot? Stop betting against the goat." However, Tampa Bay has historically struggled in this building before Brady. They struggled last year in this building with Brady. I am on New Orleans. I am in agreement with computers. Um, there's no other way to look at it for me. And and to hell with you, sir, for making me pronounce an African <laughs> name. I hate you. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, I wrote this at plus five and a half because, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So talking about before the buy, and I just I was looking up Antonio Brown's status while you're talking to. So he was seen on crutches as recently as yesterday, and they've got the buy next week. So I would very seriously doubt that they run him out there for this game. And before the buy, Tampa Bay is in the uh, worst spot. They're the away favorite. That's a 50-50 since 2015 cover proposition. Now. As far as this game, there's no better team in this division, ATS, since 2015 than the Saints, 64%. I'm not talking about in this division. I'm talking about in any division of the entire league. 64%. Sean Payton is the best in-division coach against the spread since 2015. He knows how to coach against this team. And, yes, Breeze is gone. And, yes, Brady is there. But he beat Brady last year twice. Not just there. Beat him in Tampa, too. So, if you look at these teams and give it Tampa, you look at the teams that have given Tampa Bay trouble this year. Dallas, right? 10th in DVOA defense. The Rams, 4th. Pats, 14th. Well, New Orleans is 4th. Now, the teams that have not given Tampa Bay trouble Atlanta, 30th. Miami, 25th. Now, the Bears are 8th, and they're the outlier on that, but Fields is the worst quarterback maybe that I've ever seen. And that's including Stony Case. So <laughs> that really okay. can't count. Now, on the flip side of that, you have to be able to score the ball no matter how good your defense is against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's lowest point total t- uh, total was 19 in a monsoon in New England. But New Orleans is 20th in DVOA on offense, which is better than the Eagles and Dolphins which both put up 17 and 22 points respectively, which means New Orleans should score, you know, around 20 to 21 points, and given their defense, that should land them in the cover. And in fact, this is my first and maybe my only call my score shot of the season. I'm going to say Tampa Bay 24, New Orleans 20, final score. 
New Orleans Conference. Yeah, I, I almost, I was thinking about it, so I'm glad you did. Glad you did. All right, moving on. We're gonna go to. Where are we at here? We're in, in Minnesota. Oh shit! There's some news. Some news. Those Vikings. Once, we're underdogs. Now, we're favorites. Oh, the drama. <laughs> they're now consensus. Two and a half point home favorites, even though they're up to three at the fucking Westgate there, kid. It is blowing on Minnesota's side. This game has shifted a full five points. Yeah, and obviously I'm throwing my complete right up because that was before this big line move, which there's news on that. I'll probably just let you take it away. I will say this, however, let me take a little piece of my handicap before this news. Dallas is 6-0. and Are they 6-0 and ATS? Is that what they are? Yes. Oh, they're, yeah. They're 6-0. They're 6-0 ATS. They are not going to go 17-0 ATS. They're going to probably go 50-50 the rest of the season ATS and still end up with a you know an amazing ATS record but the the regression is coming it always does so from here on out to finish with a fantastic ATS record they're gonna, they're still going to go 50-50 before this news obviously was that was part of my write up that this was a great spot for them to not get one of those covers but I'll let you take it away with some of the news that's coming out with the uh, obvious quarterback situation yeah, so I don't have much of a handicap this game. The numbers were on Minnesota at the plus two and a half, so needless to say. Well, there is no there is no handicap. It's 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 just the quarter the the line move. Right. So at five points, which through the zero really is more five and a half. That uh, it was minus two and a half Cowboys. So if you reset it, it was minus two and a half Cowboys. Then Dak was limited in practice on Monday. Went to minus one and a half. All right, a little bit of money coming in on Minnesota. Maybe Dak not going to be 100%. And then now it's flipped all the way to minus two and a half Minnesota. Again, up to minus three at the Westgate, which is one of the sharper books in town. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Dak's value to the spread, it's around six to seven points depending on kind of where you grade Cooper Rush at, which is one of the highest in the NFL, period. And it's not just because Dak is so good, which he is very good. It's because his backup is so fucking bad, right? Last year, Dak was just as good as he is this year. Actually, probably a little bit better with his mobility before he was obviously injured. But he was only worth four points in the spread last year because his backup was Andy Dalton, who was, who is and remains the best backup in the NFL, period. So... That's why his value was not as much. Not it has, it has nothing to do with how good Dak is. It's how good his backup is. Cooper Rush is nowhere near the quarterback that Andy Dalton is. That should fucking tell you everything you need to know right there. So if we've seen five to, if you give it five and a half for the zero, if it gets to three, which it is at one book, that's another whole points. So that's six and a half points. That's basically on the value that what Dak is to the spread. Now I've seen people on Twitter said, oh, if he was really out, it'd be Minnesota minus seven. You people don't know what the fuck you're talking about, all right? I saw people on Twitter saying, oh, this is just Vegas trying to get money on Minnesota. They're just shifting the line so everybody will (laughs) bet, you know, again. 
you have no fucking clue what the fuck you're talking about. And that's fine if you're ignorant. But if you're ignorant about something, this is kind of a rule I live by. If you're ignorant about something, just shut the fuck up and listen. And you'll learn. And then you yeah. won't be ignorant anymore. So What's up, Joe Biden? Clearly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. At this point, what I would say is... It's not definite that the deck is out at this number. What I would say is this is Vegas saying that even if he plays, he's not going to be anywhere near, you know, full capacity. And at that downgrade, this is where they're kind of straddling a little bit. They're straddling about about two points right now. So if he does get ruled out, I could see this number. I mean, obviously it's already at three. I could see because of public perception immediately jumping to four you know but the sharp money has already come in and moved this number it's already come in and hit it vegas has already moved it they're going to protect themselves against anything now if dak starts to get upgraded or dak you know the news gets better he starts actually practicing with the team which he's not went through team drills not once it's fucking thursday as we're recording this he's not participated in team drill all week long so if he goes through team drills tomorrow it comes out all smiles and everything's good. We'll see this number shift back down. And then, again, you're going to get value. You already you had value in Minnesota. Probably don't anymore, but you'll get it back with, with Dak in if it shifts back closer to a pick'em, which I think that it will if he gets upgraded. But clearly, Vegas is telling you that they are very pessimistic on Dak playing or if he plays that he will be at 100% or even close to that. That's what I will say. All right. All right, moving on. Last game. This is the last game, right? It is the last game. It Monday is. Night Football. The Kansas City Chiefs are now down to nine and a half point home favorites hosting those New York football giants. Yeah, this is a straight numbers and situational play for me. Obviously, the number, huge number. That's the that's the number play. The situational Yoge. play is that. I'm sorry? Yoge. <laughs> Yoge number. Now, the, the situational play is obviously that Danny Dimes is fucking money on the road. As Danny covers on the road. Um, now, motivational edge is to Kansas City here. Coming, I mean, they've been struggling all year, so they're they're in no position to not be in must-win situations uh, as they're looking up from near the bottom of their of their division. However, with that said, they got homeboy coming off a concussion, and he didn't look good. That that boy was stumbling around, and as we saw, you know, a couple of weeks ago, when when Jason Garrett. Uh, rushed back Danny Dimes coming coming off of a stumble concussion type performance. What's going on in the NFL, by the way, with this? Like, usually in the past, we thought that, like, you know, you see a, a quarterback kind of passing out on the field, that they're out for at least a week. Now it's like, nah, you're good. Go play. Well, we saw when, when Danny Dimes played that next week, he was completely fucking lost. You can't convince me there weren't um, – some some factors there still with that concussion. Uh, and I think it's going to be the same thing here with Mahomes. I'm sure he'll be fine to play, but will he be fine all week? Is his mind completely right? Is, is he completely all there? I doubt it. Um, everything points to New York. 
here for me. Kansas City can't cover, period. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's New York big time for me. Yeah, and once again, I did this right up at New York plus ten and a half. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what we fucking do. Now, this yep. is my least favorite play for me. However, is it? It is, but uh. it, it, it's just because I'm so pessimistic on the fucking Giants. Uh, but, again, there, there's no doubt that it. New York is a play. It's, a, it's my least favorite play, but here's the facts. Kansas City is not a – I mean, New York is not a good football team, but Kansas City is not a good football team either. They're just not. They're 4-15 and 15 right. in the last 19 ATS overall. And, like you said, Daniel Jones, he's 11-3 and three against the spread as a road dog in his career. This is too many points, and Mahomes is now, not only is he, you know, concussed, and his fucking brother makes stupid TikToks and shit while he's trying to eat dinner, his wife <laughs> gets up there and shakes her ass. I don't know if you saw that crap. That, the man I is just trying not. to, like, his head's down the whole time. He's eating dinner in a goddamn restaurant, and they're doing this shit, or I'm assuming it's a restaurant. It might have been his house. He probably has a house that looks like a restaurant, and he's so rich, but <laughs> who knows? Either way. I mean, Mahomes never even looked up from his plate. Like, it was just, the whole thing's ridiculous. But he is now doubting himself, saying he needs to reevaluate the way he's mm. playing. And I know that we hate Aaron Rodgers, for sure. But I am so much more comf- comforted by the fact that a quarterback would tell me to R-E-L-A-X, relax, <laughs> right? <laughs> rather than admitting something is wrong in public. So I think Mahomes down himself and do what? I, I don't know. That that gets into psychology and that's a I can see that both ways. You got one that's cuz you know, like the relax comes off as condescending and like elitist yeah, to where is the and he's, and he's you know a like there's for sure. And there's some but, humility. But is, there's some humility to recognizing your your faults and like and like. And so I could see it both ways, but there's no doubt. And you know what, Mahomes is such a good kid. It could have been just humility, him speaking, and that absolutely you could absolutely be right about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'd, I'd rather him show humility than be a cocky bastard. But at this time, you know, you kind of have to, in my mind, as a leader, you kind of have to. Step up and say, "Hey, I know things aren't going our way, but we won't. You know, we're right there. We're right. Whether you believe it or not, like at some point, you have to kind of outwardly say that. It just in my mind, but that's debatable for sure. But yeah. here's what's not debatable is if you look at. I know this is a touchy subject, but if you look at what happened right before the Super Bowl with Andy Reid's kid uh, getting into a car accident, I don't know if he killed the person or what happened." I know they were severely injured. I don't remember exactly what happened where that person ended up dying. But his kid was, you know, drunk behind the wheel uh, from the police report. That's not me speculating. That was reported. And, you know, if that's true and all that goes to trial, he's probably going to prison. He's already had one son that killed himself. Mm. I mean, the dude already has a Super Bowl. His family's a fucking wreck. Like, I just wonder at this point, like, how much time... Is Andy Reid really spending buried into his work like coaches absolutely have to do, which is the worst. It's the worst life you could possibly imagine. I don't know why anybody would ever do it. I really don't. But, you know, mm-hmm. God bless the guys that do, or else we wouldn't have football. 
Um, but man, I, I just, well, I if just you don't remember, know. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, like, if you remember his, you know, when he got into trouble in Philadelphia and people started calling for his head, and this, this is not has nothing to do with what you just said with the off the field, but it, it leads to like, you know, some of the, you know, the turmoil that's going on with the on the field stuff, his trouble. And what people got tired of him for is he would abandon the running game and go straight to the pass, 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 pass. And it feels like on the field this year, you know, they have no running game. The offensive line has struggled. They've struggled in the pass protection. They've struggled to run the ball. It feels like this Kansas City team is turning into the old Philadelphia Eagles team where they're just pass crazy. Uh, he's abandoning the running game, and it's exposing his quarterback. It was McNabb earlier. Now it's turning it into Mahomes. So it's just something to watch. I, you know, he Obviously, we all know that the quarterback's good. We know that the, the coach is a, is a genius. I think they will figure it out eventually when they get that roster better. But it just goes to show you that in the NFL, like – even the dynasties can be humbled. Even the goats can be humbled. Like it doesn't fucking matter if you don't got the horses around you, you will fall. And they're they're in, they're in a bad spot right now. Yeah, and for all the people out there doubting Mahomes, I think you know that ship is sailed. We doubted Mahomes coming in too, coming from Texas. I mean, we watched him play. He wasn't great. The talent was there, but I mean, he he was not a good quarterback at Texas Tech. But I mean, at this point, you you, you can't even bring that up with a straight face at least I can't but you know there was a time where Donovan McNabb was you know considered a top five quarterback in the NFL for sure MVP candidate and all that kind of stuff it's almost but like the same. you said yeah I mean like you said though like I mean at that point in Philadelphia there was a lot of Donovan McNabb mad I, I still remember the play where he like scrambled and 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 rolled like three four times left right left right and threw this bomb or whatever like just crazy shit like that that Mahomes has done and gotten away with and McNabb used to do the same thing but eventually that shit doesn't work out like it all equals out to that starts to turn into turnovers and negative plays and that's what Kansas City is dealing with right now mm-hmm. but have run, you know like have you said last week on the, on, the, on the podcast yeah the defense is great but like you said last week on the podcast you know even with all their problems offensively turning the ball over they're still really great Mahomes is still really fucking great uh, they score the ball prolifically. Uh, you know, Mahomes is still, where is he at? He's still fifth in EPA plus CPOE, and this is his worst year as a pro by far. Yeah. So the dude is still fucking They're awesome. They're going to win the still game. He'll be awesome at any time. Yeah, they're going to win the game. For sure, for sure. But this number is too big. I do like the Giants here. Absolutely. Don't fuck us, Big Blue. Let's fucking go win us some money. <laughs> and with that, that was all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Alright, Longhorn, it's time everybody's waiting for. It's time for those free SF picks of the night, baby. All right, I, th- I believe, I, I, I think you're going money line Parlay too, and so am I. Let's make people a lot of money this weekend. Uh, I kind of built this during our podcast, which I feel like is the best way to do it when I've had a, several beers. So let's see how this goes. Um, <laughs> I actually put in all, <laughs> I actually put in all of our um, sounders and all of our, um, 
you know, kind of some of our, all of our favorite picks and put them on the money line. So let me bust it out for you. Five team money line parlay. Let's start with those Detroit Lions. Hit the sounder on them. I got them to win that game. Indianapolis Colts, Seattle Seahawks versus Jacksonville. And then we're going to your sounder, New Orleans Saints. Let's put them in against those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then we'll wrap it up on Monday night with those Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Giants. Again, that's Detroit, Indianapolis, Seattle, New Orleans, and Kansas City. And that pays 21 to 1. Let's get it. For the record, I did not hit the sounder on Tampa Bay. But well, you're a pussy, you. so I'll hit it for you. I'll hit I, it for I you. I had 24-20 Tampa Bay winning that game was my exact call. But, hey, I'll be happy if it goes the other fucking way because either way, we win a uh. lot of money, baby. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I've got a five-team money line parlay as well. And I know, I know, you're saying both Davis. You've been winners all this money in college football, single picks. Just pick a single pick. No, motherfuckers. Guess what? In the words Nobody of the Tiger King, guess what, you. motherfucker? I have won you. I've won, I think, four of the last five weeks. So it's it's I'm done with that single game crap. Yeah, I've gotten you paid. Hit with it's it. time Hit to get you them. ultra fucking paid. Here we go. Maryland, money line. Baylor, mm-hmm. money line. Utah, minor nation, baby, money line. South Alabama, money line. Florida State, money line. That five-team parlay will pay you 53.5 to 1. This is my pizza money parlay of the week. Don't bet a unit on this. Bet 10 bucks. Win yourself 535 motherfucking dollars. (laughs) And if I hit this one, I don't want to hear shit from y'all till fucking next Christmas. That's all I want to fucking say. And you can send, you know... A little something my way, a little something my way, you know. What, 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 whatever you think, yeah. old Bo Cephas would like for Christmas, uh, you know, six pack of beer goes a long fucking way with me. I'll tell you that right now. All right, Longhorn, hit him with that fucking fabulous website one more time. I mean, Bo Cephas, if you hit that, it will absolutely be the gift that keeps on giving all year <laughs> long. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. And hey, if you're wondering what old Longhorn once for Christmas, it is it is cougar season, and you can send all the cougars you want in my direction. <laughs> I love them. Wrapped or not wrapped. All right, you Glory Hole Seekers, that's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias and you know if you're not hitting all of our social medias any all the free picks from all the platforms whether it's any social media the website the podcast you are you are seriously doing sports all wrong so stop being sports too but use them all but more importantly sign up for those premium picks on our website so that we may become partners for life and both Stevas as always in a mostly non-sexual way People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it. People never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby.